What's up, guys? On this episode of Drugs and Stuff, Dave and I start out by pondering what kind of gear did the guys use back in the 80s. If you want to jump straight to the steroid questions, we've got timestamps in the description. This week, you guys asked us best time to get your labs done to check your TRT levels. Should you taper off your gear at the end of a cycle? Standard lab markers to make sure that your kidneys are doing okay. Improving your tricep training, dealing with tennis elbow, and a bunch more, guys. If you guys enjoy our content, then do me a favor, hit the like button, leave us a comment. And if you'd like to comment to ask a question for the next episode, we'll try to tackle that then. And listen, if you're new here, then I encourage you to subscribe because we have several different bodybuilding podcasts coming out each week here. Tons of education and entertainment to help you do better at this sport that we love. What's up, guys? Welcome back to Drugs and Stuff with David Crossland. I'm Scott McNally. All of our programming is brought to you by TrueNutrition.com. You can use our code THINK for some additional savings. If you're in Canada, you can shop with SupplementSource.ca and get some awesome deals on supplements there. Uh, and, uh, you know, tell them we sent you. Dave, we've missed a bunch. Uh, you were out. Uh, you decided to take last week off. So we uh, missed our Christmas episode. We missed Christmas Cabbage's birthday. Uh, and we missed Boxing Day, which we don't celebrate that here in the U.S. But I thought I would take a moment uh, to appreciate, uh, you know, some, some of our boxing greats. This is Muhammad Ali. Uh, he has uh, a history of 56 wins, five losses. He was known as... Uh, a very competitive uh, man in the boxing world. I imagine you guys uh, probably uh, have great uh, appreciation for him on Boxing Day. What are you on about? Boxing Day. It just happened. That's the day after Christmas, right? Yes, Boxing Day is the day after Christmas. Well, I wanted to take a moment and celebrate. Well, why has that got anything to do with boxing? <sighs> Guys, we appreciate you tuning in. We're going to talk about some steroids today. Dave, no, we're not. We're going to clear this up first. I figured that you guys had a great appreciation for the sport. No, it's got fuck all to do with boxing. What does that have to do with then? Why would you call so it Boxing it Day? Because it was the day when the rich boxed up unwanted gifts and gave them to the poor. Oh. Did you get anything from rich people this year? No. No? No. Dave's not in a good mood, I think, guys. I'm just going to warn you right now. He hasn't been feeling I'm good. I'm in a fine mood. He's been out training Zach Khan this morning. He's had all sorts of shit George, going on. George gets it. Thank you, George. At least somebody with some intelligence is watching this show for once. Let's see. What does he say here? Boxing Day is actually called that because of the rich people boxing gifts for poor 100 plus years ago. Do they still do that at all? No. Hmm. All right, so listen, this was the question we had gotten. I thought, hey, let's make a topic out of it. Um, Andrew, he says, uh, thoughts on DECA, D-Ball, Primo, cycling. He says, they did it back in the day. To be honest, I think chatting about old school cycles would do wonders for the algorithm. Speaking of which, guys, comment, like, subscribe. All that stuff helps to boost us up. Plus, you get to know when we put out new shows. Scott has a bit of a fetish about algorithms. 
I love algorithms. It's what yeah, uh, generates yeah. our uh, our people to uh, you know find us and all that. Old school cycles. Ooh, I wouldn't have said Primo was particularly a big old school cycle. I thought, but back in the day before everything. The thing was, is, back in the day, it was all the real thing. Wasn't exactly. It? Day, it was all farmer. Exactly. Um, I mean, you know, everything was single mill snap tops. There wasn't a 10 mil vial to be seen. Yeah. Yeah. And it was 100% from the pharmacist. In fact, I heard that reps would come to Gold's Gym uh, to, uh, to like, basically take orders. Well, you see, you, yeah. I mean, I didn't live in an era where you could buy pharma. Um, yeah. So it's always been black market for me. Oh, really? But okay. For the period of time, definitely in the States, you could buy genuine pharma, couldn't you? No kidding. Huh. Yeah. Yeah. That's what, the way I understood it, you know? And yeah. back in like the late 70s, 80s, you would literally have drug reps that were coming into the gyms and, you know, talking to people, taking orders, getting things together. And then you had doctors that were happy to, to you know, prescribe this stuff. Also, well, on the other, it was go ahead. Go on. I was just going to well, say also. Ah, 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 you, Dave. This is no. You, you first, Scott. Okay. I was just going to add that the official stance, though, was that steroids did not do anything to help your performance, which I find to be quite interesting. That took academics. I think it was nearly fifty years to get their head out of their asses. Ooh, yes, I, I don't know if I told you. I might have something I told you. I may not have told you, but I don't know if I did tell you. But I did tell you. I don't know. Maybe. Anyway, <laughs> remind me. Um, um, yeah, that took academic. I think it was about fifty years before they finally succumbed to agreeing that increased the dose and and the results increase and that they were performance related and all the rest of it. Yeah. The thing is, as well, back then, you you didn't buy drugs. On type, you bought drugs on brand. Oh, really? Yeah. So, oxys. What do you call oxys? Uh, a bombs. Yeah, anaprons. Why do you call them anapron? Uh, I don't because that was the brand name. That was the brand name. So you bought them on the brand. You bought anaprons. You yeah. didn't buy oxymethylone. You bought anaprons. Yeah. Yeah. So we had we we our shortens was not fifties. You know what else too? They didn't have the dosing like like you didn't find fifty milligram D ball tabs back then. No, you know they were fives. It was all fives and tens. Yeah, fives or tens if you were looking. Um, yeah. yeah, everything was uh, oxymethylone or, or a bombs, what you want to call them. They were napasims. They were the only all I remember that was actually dosed at 50 milligrams. Wait, napasim was the D-ball. Napasim. Was, was napasim the D-ball? Yeah, napasim okay. was the five milligram D-balls. I only know that because that was my first uh, my first cycle was with naps. I apologize. I'm getting mixed up. Yeah, they're little tiny pills, uh, about the like smaller than this bullet. You bought EQ. You bought Equipoise. Now that would have come from for horses at the time. Yeah, but you you bought Equipoise, so you didn't. No one knew what bold non undecilinate was. Yeah. Everybody knew what EQ was or what Equipoise was. And the dosing on that, from what I understand, was a lot lower at the time, like fifty milligrams. And then you had the original Parabolin. 
the original parable and, and that that for, came from france i believe yes that was a french company yeah that mm. i don't ever remember that being popular or, or hugely popular yeah i don't ever remember everyone anyone ever referring to tren yeah back in the 80s and 90s i, I just don't remember ever hearing it um huh. i'm not saying people didn't take parable and they they will have done and they did but never heard anyone ever refer to Trent. I feel like like Winstrel would have been a really common cutting drug back then. Mm-hmm. I remember the first getting told about Synthol, which would have been about 91. Oh, really? Yeah. Um, to be honest, half the time back then, I didn't even know what I was fucking tacky. Yeah, yeah. I would quite literally just say, what, you got that's any good? Really? And you'd be like, oh, they've got this stuff in, this is supposed to be, and I'm like, all right, I'll have some of that, I'll try that. And then did you ask him, like, well, how much should I take? I, I, I by sheer luck and accident, I, I sort of stayed below a gram. Huh. Yeah, well, it would have been harder to get past a gram, too, with the way things were dosed, you know? You weren't taking so, 50 you know, milligram I, D-ball and stuff. So I used to take... Um, two injectables. Yeah. Then every now and again, I throw an oral in. Yeah. And then I change one in. I I, I change one of the injectables periodically. But yeah, I, I had a fucking clue. Huh. I, I really didn't. I, it was it was. <laughs> drugs just didn't seem to be the the focus point they are now. Hey, listen, Casey Reed is with us. He's watching right now. He is an old school guy. He's been around for a while. I'd be curious, Casey, if you'll comment, you know, tell us what were the most, in his opinion, what were the most popular steroids like in the 80s? That's that's what I'd be curious to know. And well, it's going to be test deck or D-ball, sure. For sure. For sure. And, and the from what I understand, man, the dosing was way different. Like uh, the, the people I knew. I mean, obviously, that was before my time of using gear, but the people I knew, it would be like one shot of DECA every other week. Yeah, I, I mean, I started... I started 1990. And, and so by then, it was very much a couple of millitests and maybe a millideca a week. Couple of milli tests, so you're talking probably 400 test. Yeah, four to five hundred. Well, it, it was usually sus. Oh, okay, really? Yeah, so it was it was generally sus because that was what we got in the single ampules because that's what was over here for TRT stuff. So, what you didn't you didn't see single esters as commonly uh, as you do now. Okay, okay. So yeah. it was it was sus deca, and it would be like two two milli sus one milli deca, and then you throw an oral in on top of that. And your um, your deca would that be like a Norma deca? Yeah. Yeah. So you get and those were like little tiny. They weren't amps. They were actually like vials with the rubber stopper. But it was just a little tiny one milliliter guy, right? Yeah. Or or you get two mil ones as well. Oh, did they? They were two I mean, mil. They were normally dosed around two hundred mg per mil. Okay. Wow. So yeah, they weren't. They weren't. I mean, you weren't running big cycles, definitely. Do you remember? The thing is, I think everybody, even doesn't matter what year you go to, there will be somebody at that time that's run 
astronomically huge cycles. But in sure. general, uh, but then you see the other thing is as well, you go back to the 80s and 90s and bodybuilding was so fucking niche. Yeah, yeah. The, the guys that got into bodybuilding were the guys that got into training uh, and the drugs very much came later. So guys that trained back then trained because they loved training and the drugs were something that just got added in at a later date. They weren't the focus. Whereas guys get into training now and they've already bought the cycle before they've joined the gym. Yeah. The drugs are, are, are very much now, you know, you've got that three prongs, haven't you? You've got diet, training and drugs. Uh, and they're all very much considered at the same time now, where back in the 80s and 90s, you started working out. Then you started to consider maybe eating a bit better. Uh, and then the last thing you looked at was potentially some drugs. Yeah. Um, the focus was completely different. The, the, um, I mean, I remember Ian Harrison, he was putting away six to 800 grams of protein a day. Whew. But beyond that, he ate whatever the fuck he wanted. Yeah. Uh, and But they obviously, you know, they trained ridiculously hard and, and for quite long sessions as well. Um, and that, that's, so, I mean, a lot of guys back then, the diets were fairly basic. Yeah. Well, a lot of eggs, a lot of steak, a lot of dairy. Um, but they trained hard. Uh, and then they threw a few drugs at it. They didn't have the industry built up around bodybuilding like it is today where you have, you know, a thousand different supplements, a thousand different performance enhancing supplements, health supplements, protein powders, food replacements, you know, prep services, all that stuff. It just was your Whoa. grocery store, your gym and your uh, your uh, drug rep. On you, might, that. you might you might have had a protein powder. Yeah. Uh, you might have had something like yeast tablets or liver tablets. Yeah. Um, and then if you were particularly into your supplements, you might have had an amino acid supplement of some form. Hmm. And that was, was pretty much as far as it went. Yeah. I mean, I remember creatine coming around and that was a huge thing. Oh, gosh. Man, when creatine came out, we talked about that on, on like supplement fails the other week. Uh, everybody thought that creatine was going to be this huge game changer put on 10 pounds of muscle in you know three weeks or whatever but i do remember it's when i was in prison training naturally yeah getting creatine and it having quite an impact on, on my performance in the gym oh for sure yeah for sure and, and I'd, I'd been obviously i'd been off gear for quite a number of years i had no access to anything i remember one of the the, the guys accusing me of yeah have you got over some gear i was like huh yeah. Well, your, your strength's gone through the roof. I said, yeah, but I just, I just started creating. Yeah. So uh, it is one of those supplements that does work. I mean, the yeah, I mean, the ad campaigns back in the day of, you know, put 20 pounds of muscle on in six weeks using this supplement. I mean, they wouldn't even get away with those ads now. They would be banned as soon as they were put out. For People would know. And everything else. Yeah. People are smarter now. What does Casey Reed see, say here? And, and then I have to grab a cord. My headphones are apparently going to die. I thought I charged it up. He says, uh, Serge Nubre loved Parabolin. He told me in, that in World Gym Miami in about 96 or 97, he said, lived on it and then laughed. I heard a story yeah, of him yeah, coming he, to the U.S. with like a suitcase full of the stuff. Well, he was French, wasn't it? So yeah. He was yeah. probably a very big drug over there. I, I don't. 
I don't remember encountering it. I do remember Parabola being mentioned a little bit, but I, I don't remember ever encountering it. I mean, it was it was very much a typical Test and Decker. You saw EQ. I didn't see a lot of Mast and Primo back then. Definitely didn't see drugs like DHB or Ment, even though they okay. they've been around for decades. But obviously, there's only more recent years become popular. Yeah, yeah. You didn't get all your your sort of M trends and all that sort of stuff either. Yeah. Um, it was really simple. A little MK six seven seven though, right? Sometimes. Say again. You you did use like some MK six seven seven sometimes. No. There's a little osterine on you know cuts. No. No. Oh. Okay. Huh. All right. We do have some questions here. We have a bunch of questions. In fact, we are not going to be able to get to all the questions that we had uh, from the previous episode. So we'll get through what we can. But anybody who does have a question that doesn't get answered, we'd be happy to take it on the next time around. It's because Scott doesn't like you. All right. What do we have here? Before the show, he goes oh. through the questions and he goes, not answering that. He's like, don't like him. Don't like him. Don't like him. Scott was fuming listening to Dave's 1990, 1999 text message ringtone. Remember when you had your burner phone going off last episode? I don't know what you're talking about. Ray. I know. Oh, okay. TTK. <clears throat> he says, here's a question for the next episode. I got my hands on some uh, on Ozempic uh, named drug. It's a GDL one agonist um, raises insulin levels and affects hormones controlling hunger. Uh, they treat type two diabetes and obesity. Uh, especially obese people have lost significant amounts of body weight in trials. What would you think about using this drug in an off-season or prep instead of Lantus? If Dave is not familiar with the drug, maybe he could do some research for us. And Dave also, he says, I wrote uh, questions about my wife's estrogen levels plus blood work on your site two weeks ago. So when you have time, check it out. Thanks, guys. Uh, best show in the business. And Dave's and Jordan's websites are also the best that money can buy for information like this. Right, I have to be honest, my website is shit. Yeah? Yeah, it's crap. I, I haven't done anything with it for ages. I do apologize, sir. I will make a note of that, and I'll look up that. Uh, I'll get on there tomorrow and check that out. I can, uh, say, I can say a little bit on uh, Ozempic. I, I have a couple thoughts. I, I would be concerned in an off-season because it will drastically, it can drastically reduce uh, gastric emptying. It can slow your appetite down. I'm thinking to myself as a coach, I want you to be hungry in the off season. You know, mm -hmm. that that's how we know that we're in a good spot. I don't want you, to, I mean, there comes a point that, yeah, you are going to be full. You are going to feel overstuffed. But, you know, the, the further out we can push that point, the better. And I know that a lot of people have had a lot of gastric issues with it. I've watched people on this for about two years now. Uh, I know that it's just recently reached bodybuilding, but this is a medication that I've known people to use for quite a while now. In fact, 
the first time I heard about it was from uh, Colette Nelson, and she talked about it with me on a podcast back in like 2016, and she was talking about these brand new class of drugs that would make a difference in bodybuilding. Um, but I've known people that need it for medical purposes. It's used also like the, the same way that metformin is used uh, for like hyperandrogenism in females. Um, and in, it's been in those cases that I've seen people have gastric issues. So I would say everybody's going to be individual. Dose is probably going to play a role. But that said, um, if you have any gastric issues with it, I mean, I'd put that in the same category as using like Anadrol. If Anadrol kills your appetite, then what good is it, you know? Yeah, I'm. I'm not. I'm familiar with it. I'm familiar with its appetite suppressing properties, and uh, it's become quite popular within, really, not so much bodybuilding circles either, but more just general weight loss circles as mm. uh, a product that really aids weight loss. I'm not a hundred percent up on its mechanisms of action, um, but off season, I can't see why anyone would want to suppress their appetite. This isn't. This isn't going to keep you lean in the normal, you know, it's, it, it's, it's not a fat burner in the traditional sense. So uh, one of its main actions is that it literally kills your appetite. You just don't want to eat. It's a, well, it's a glucose disposal agent as well. And, and, and that's the big thing. And I, I've seen, I can tell you firsthand, like I've watched guys basically destroy their off season with metformin. Like they stayed really lean. They were eating a ton of food. But then they also were using metformin, and that was part of the equation. And then once everything shook out after the off season was over, yeah, they stayed lean, but they weren't much bigger either. Mm. I like GDAs in the off season to keep that appetite healthy. Yeah, but you've got to push the food, and, and generally, when you find people are starting to use medications to say lean in the off season, then they're always going. They just either they're trying to cover poor diet or they're just not pushing in the right direction when it comes to training via food um you're gonna get a little bit fluffy in the off season and if you're that paranoid that you want to stay in pre-show condition all year round you can do it but it's going to severely restrict your growth yeah there's not many can grow and stay super lean unless you're just genetically predisposed to that most of us are gonna get fat yeah but it's definitely not something I'm, I'm that up to speed with, I'll be honest. Um, you know who talks about it a lot is uh, uh, Vigorous Steve. He's he's talked right. about it a lot, and I think, I think it's gained – what I've noticed is it's gained popularity with the YouTube crowd, like the YouTube and podcast crowd. I feel like it's been kind of a hot topic this past year in the like like the actual bodybuilders that I talk to though like the guys at the pro level and stuff you know and, and people I guess I shouldn't just say pro level but I mean like competitors and you know people who are in in the trenches of it I don't see them having the same amount of excitement as I see on YouTube I, I think a lot of people it's like a drug that's getting very popular over here at the moment is tell us tell us Martin did you say you broke up yeah so yes, yeah okay so similar right. type and, and they're, they're not getting popular on it because of what it does they're getting popular on it because it's the new buzz drug yeah yeah <coughs> all right let's see what and else we like got most people, you know if you don't need it don't use it all right um 
more insulin talk from the pale man when using insulin during a growth period what is the safer option to avoid insulin resistance and possible diabetes wait we talked about this so I, we talked about this last episode i believe so i'm going to skip that i can't remember yeah we already covered that one um can can high prolactin make you short tempered blake asks um, or does the body not react well to 19 nors such as DECA and PP? I don't understand that second half, but high prolactin levels uh, in temper? Well, I guess what he's saying is he's running DECA and MPP and he's he's getting into a grumpy cum. Mm. And so he's wondering, is it the drugs themselves that are causing the problem or is it elevated prolactin that's causing the problem? I feel like I've seen a lot of people have mood changes i'll say while on deca hmm yeah um it is linked with dopamine transport proteins yeah um and as a result definitely can have an impact on mood um wouldn't say i've particularly seen a trend towards aggression hmm. i'd say more a trend towards depression or low mood or that sort of thing yeah yeah um but i i, I definitely wouldn't put it out of the realms of possibilities that uh nandrolones could cause increased aggression without doubt i mean they're, they're anabolics at the end of the day uh i'm not particularly aware of elevated prolactin causing aggression issues mm. it's not something i i have seen anywhere in particularly like in the literature around prolactinomia and all that sort of stuff. I don't think there's much reference to, to aggression. Yeah, I, I wonder. I mean, you're, you're going to potentially deal with higher prolactin on trend, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, I wonder if there's some sort of link in there. I, I don't know. Uh, I mean, you've got the high, high I mean, androgen, so there's that. But I think with trend, it's, the, the problem with trend is more each shotgun binding affinity to so many different receptors. Yeah. Uh, that to me is where trend triggers a lot of problems. It's yeah. just that it engages with so many non-androgen receptors. Hmm. Okay. You know, I remember a, a few years ago um, talking to one of our listeners who was using an ADD medication. It wasn't Adderall. It was stronger. And I just mm -hmm. random side topic here, I guess. Um, I didn't understand. You said that that DECA will interfere with, you said, do dopamine transport proteins. All I know mm -hmm. is that it, it, I don't know exactly what that means, but I know that it will basically interfere with your ability to, to get the effect you want from dopamine and drugs that would, say, increase dopamine. Uh, this guy in particular, he found that while on DECA, or I know he was taking NPP, he found that his medication was not as effective and he needed to continually up the dose to get the same results from it. So dopamine has to jump the synapses. So it, it goes from one side to the other side and enters a receptor effectively. Yeah. And that's that dopamine is transported by dopamine transport proteins. Um, when those transport proteins are low, it's irrespective of how much dopamine you're actually producing, you can't move it to where you want it. Mm. Yeah, okay. So as a result, now the study I 
first got this from was actually to do with recreational drug use within landlord plots. Okay. And what they found was they found an increase in recreational drug use in people using nandrolones because what was happening was they were taking a bit of coke, they mm. weren't getting a big buzz off it, and so they were thinking the coke was shit gear, so they were taking more. When in fact what it was, it was the DECA that was reducing dopamine transport protein, so therefore, even though their brain was producing more dopamine from the cocaine, it wasn't getting to where it meant, was meant to be, so they weren't getting the feel good. Huh, that's crazy. Huh. Got a tricep question here. Dave, we got, by the way, we got a lot of people who commented on um, your your training topics. They really enjoyed hearing you talk about training. So I've got one here for you. Uh, says, uh, who is this? Lake Fork Giants. I want to put more thickness on my triceps. I have trouble feeling a good connection on French press and lying extension, skull crushers. Can you give me some advice to help me? Right now, push downs are the only tricep exercise I really feel, thanks. Some of it potentially is to do with how you're performing the movement. Mm. And some movements just don't work for some people. It's as simple as that, levers, biomechanics, everything else. Um, a lot of people struggle with skull crushers in getting pain in their elbows or the wrists from it particularly if you start going heavy. Okay. Um, nothing wrong with pushdowns. Um, I find pushdowns are a really, really good exercise. What you need to remember is that your hinge point for the movement is your elbow and that your wrist needs to stay in line with your forearm. So none of this crap, mm. none of that crap stays there. That's your hinge point. So the only thing that's moving is that nothing else and you're not watch your cable track because it needs to be moving the handle needs to move in a, a circle so it's moving off this hinge so it should be a big circle from top to bottom mm. if your cable is going straight up and down yeah your elbows are moving back which is going to take load away from the tricep the other thing is this will sound a bit odd, but you, you, when you actually try and do it, it will become much, much clearer. You want to sort of try and push through there. Okay. So the bar sits here, quite deep in the palm. And then as you move down, you're trying to push through there, through. And, and use the negative to sort of latch onto the tricep. So you sort of get your feel on a negative. Hold that, and then you just reverse the movement, focusing on the feeling you're getting from the negative part of the movement. Um, elbows want to be tucked in, slightly forward of your side center line. So if you looked at yourself from the side and drew a line down the center of you, the back of your elbow wants to be touching on the front of that line. Hmm. And then your grip wants to be shoulder width, because that's everything in line. That makes sense. As you do a push down, tuck your elbows, and really try and squeeze your elbows into your side. If you struggle and you flare, get your training partners to just push them in with the palms of their hands. Huh. You'll get much more tricep head focus from that. A good, real solid mass builder for triceps is tri-dips, bench dips, or the tricep push-down machine, the dip machine. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Real solid. But again, you need to make sure that your hands are back and the levers are all in line. 
What do you think about like a close grip bench? It's not bad, uh, but there's a lot of crossover into front delt and, and back as well. Sure. If you want a bench press movement that really loads a tricep, reverse wide. Reverse wide. Damn. Mm. Do me here, yeah, guys. Don't go well. really heavy when you start that. Smith like, machine. Start like, machine. Oh, yeah? Reverse grip wide. So you're out here with that reversed hand. Try it. Huh. Yeah, try it. Yeah, that sounds interesting. Another really good exercise is John Meadows used to do this a lot. Uh, you lay on your back with a dumbbell. Let them go back in a hammer position until they touch the floor. When a dumbbell touches the floor, that is your elbow position. So from that position, your elbow doesn't move. You just stick straight in. I love those. Then back down again. But again, try and keep your elbows turned in. Dave, it looks like you struggle to keep your elbows in. <laughs> but the more, the more you try and turn your elbows in, the more you're going to hit that tricep. Yeah. Yeah, that makes total sense. Michelle says uh, that wrist stabilization has been a game changer. You you did bring that up uh, on a recent episode. I think that does make a lot of sense. I think that in itself could be a game changer for a lot of people. If your wrist is doing that shit, you're deflecting either your curl or your tricep extension into your forearm. Yeah, yeah. Which our bodies want to make an exercise as easy as possible. You yeah. know what I mean? We, we naturally default to the easiest, the easiest way of doing it. Yeah. And it takes discipline to force it out, as particularly if you start getting, I mean, tricep extensions, pushdowns, so to say. Don't lean in. Keep your body weight on your heel. Get quite close to the machine so it forces you to stand back and upright. Yeah. And keep your weight on your heels. As soon as you start leaning in, your body weight's going to start moving a load, not your arms. Yeah, you know, um, one thing that I really learned in the last couple of years was how to pay more attention to my form through shooting video and uh, you know I, I didn't feel comfortable like at the gym shooting a bunch of video i felt like a you know a douchebag basically so but when when i when i started training from home i could just like take my camera my tripod and set it all up and initially i did it because i was like yeah i want to document this set and post it on instagram it'll be cool but then i started looking at my technique in it and you start seeing things that you don't recognize just looking in the mirror uh, and it's something where I'll have clients send me a lot of video nowadays so we can look at their form. And even, you know, they'll look at something. They'll be like, hey, I thought I was doing really good until I looked at the video I'm sending you right now. Uh, you know, I realized I was cheating in this way. I think, you know, I'd say grab a video of your sets too, whatever you're doing on triceps and, and really take a good hard look at that. You know, like you're saying, Dave, is there anything you're doing that you're making it easier on yourself? It takes a lot of discipline. It does take a lot of discipline and it is. It's hard to force your body to move towards something that creates more pain. Yeah. yeah. You know, you naturally want to move away from that. We don't We don't like being in pain. It's not natural for us. Yeah. <clears throat> Another thing on tries as well is come up high. Mm. And I don't mean like let your elbow drift up like that shit. I mean, elbow stays fixed, but your hand comes. You see so many people and they only go to here. Mm -hmm. It's like you've got another three, four inches of range at back of there. Yeah. You know, use it all. All right. We've got a real quick one here. Uh, hey, guys, love the show. When running a cruise, 130 milligrams a week, what would be the most ideal time to get blood work done to analyze accurate readings, e.g. same day as injection, three days later, etc.? Kind regards. 
in an ideal world, you'd do one 24 hours after injection and one prior to injection. Okay. And that will give you your peak and trough. Obviously, that's one, expensive for a lot of people, and two, not always practical. So if you were fixing on one injection, I would probably do your trough. Okay. Right, your let's... peak can be a bit hit and miss in how long you as an individual do hit peak. Mm. So it's not always the most accurate where your trough, because it's the last thing you do before you do your next injection, mm. will always be accurate as your lowest point. And then you know what your lowest point is. And how long would you suggest waiting into this cruise dose or this PCT dose before you actually got your labs drawn? Like one week, two weeks, what's, three weeks? What's a PCT dose? Oh, I'm sorry. TRT. I'm getting all my acronyms messed up. I just thought it's a something that I've not heard of that's suddenly become popular. And I you know, fuck all about your PCT it. dosing of test. Yeah. Like your two gram cruise. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Um, I would say you've got to be a little bit careful here. Um, if you're coming off the back of a cycle, then you really need some period of time with nothing just to let your levels drop. Yeah. Um, if you're coming from fresh, as in you've not been using, you've been off, levels have been low, then about six weeks, I think, should should be whereabouts you'll need to be to see you get into your sort of levels. Okay. But really, with a TRT, I would do six weeks, three months, six months, and then every six months. Okay. And it's the same reason why they do it with with in, in medication is that you know a few close out early on just to make sure you're in where you need to be, and then once you achieve some stability, every six months should be more than enough. All right, we got another quick one here, and you may be able to offer him some assistance there in the UK with this through eval. He says, uh, great show, it's my fave. Thank you for the information. Um, would it be also applicable to reduce dosage slowly as the cycle draws to a close? To be kind to the body. I like the way you worded that. Uh, and, and then he adds, also, what are the best scans or tests I should get to keep an eye on kidney health in the UK? I use Trend Ace, and my main concern is kidney health at this stage. Big ups. So first of all, uh, tapering do, off is basically what he's talking about. Yeah. Do we need to taper at the end of a cycle? No. I'd agree. Your ester, your half-life creates a natural taper. Yeah. Um, and so I would have said no. The only difference on that would be if you were on very fast-acting compounds and you were using quite high doses, then potentially you would look to probably taper that down a little bit. But otherwise, no. Um, funnily, actually, we were talking about AT cycles and tapering on and off was quite popular back then. Oh, yeah. They would pyramid their dose, didn't they? Yeah, they would, yeah. That's true. Very popular back then. Did you ever pyramid? I, mean, I, I, I No, I used to wedge it, though, and I still like wedging it now. Yeah? What do you mean by wedge? Start low, build it up to a peak level. Okay. Um, I like I like the progression of a cycle. I like progressive loading the cycle. I think it's something Broderick actually does as well. He's a bit that way with it. Hmm. Uh, I do mine in a 3-6, so an increase of three weeks, an increase of six weeks, and then the last six weeks are set. Hmm. Um, so no regards kidney function so the, the standard test for kidneys would be urea, creatinine and then off that they would calculate your EGFR they'd probably do sodium as well 
Um, the problem is creatinine is influenced by training, it's influenced by protein intake, it's influenced by hydration. So it doesn't make it the most accurate of tests. But it is very cheap, relatively. Yeah. So if you do your standard kidney function test, so your sodium, urea, um, creatinine, and EGFR, and it comes back in a decent number, then fine, nothing to worry about, don't stress about it. Because you're not going to get false highs, you're only going to get false lows. Hmm. If it comes back on the lower end, then you can rest for three, four days and do all sorts of other things to try and uh, get a more accurate reading of what you're doing, or you could just opt for a cystatin C test. The problem with cystatin C test is it's about 90 to 100 quid for the test. What's that, that in is, What's that in US dollar? About 104. Okay, so that's yeah, not a cheap test. But it is much more accurate, and it's not influenced by hydration and diet and the rest of the things that creatinine is. Mm. But I would only look to run in a cystatin C if you've done the norm and found that it's concerningly low. Okay. The one thing with kidneys, and maybe I'm a little bit over the top with this just because of my personal experience. Yeah. But the problem with kidneys is once they're fucked, they are usually fucked. Um, it don't get better, and it mm. just starts to get worse. Uh, kidney conditions are degenerative. Yeah, that the, you know, get degenerative. Time word. Thank you. Yeah, fucking teeth are falling over my tongue. Um, so it's not like liver, where you can change your lifestyle and your liver will recover and repair and, and, and basically fix itself. Kidneys don't do that shit. So even though it might be a bit more messing around, there's a reason behind it, because if they are struggling, you don't get a second chance. And the sooner you know they are starting to go south, the sooner you can make the changes to eke out the time you're gonna have left with them. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and I mean, people told said to me, well, why won't I go over TRT ever again? I said, because I know my kidneys won't take it. I, I got lucky, man, I'll tell you, because I had a couple of years, Dave, that I didn't do lab work, and I know my blood pressure had been running higher and stuff, and honestly, I didn't want to see the results, and eventually, I was like, okay, I'm going to do it, I need to take care of my health, and I was shocked to see that everything was good, like, I was shocked to see my kidneys were safe, my liver was in, you know, range, everything was Everything was okay. You know, little things like cholesterol, HDL was a little low, all that stuff. But like, man, I was scared to get those labs done. I've talked to so many people that are scared to see, but it's so important, you know, just get uh, over it. You got to check eventually, just do it now. And who knows, you might end up like me where like, man, I took some shit too. Like, like I said, I was surprised to see I was all right. I think a lot of people get scared. I think they get scared for a couple of reasons. I think one of the reasons is obviously nobody wants to find out they fuck themselves. Yeah. Uh, particularly in an industry where we're supposed to be fit and healthy. With the kidney situation, I mean, it, you don't get any second chances, you know. And I, with mine, I had started to see that they weren't functioning properly. Um, and I was going to the doctors and saying, look, I'm concerned about this. And he kept fobbing me off and saying, no, no, it's fine. It's fine. They, they, that's, that's just normal for you. I said, it isn't. Yeah. You know, and I, I, you can see a decline. I've, I've not run it in the 40s for years. This is something that's happening more recently. Mm. But at the same time, I didn't really want to 
deal with it because it meant I'd have to stop. Doctor says it's okay. I'm good. Exactly. That mm. gave me that. The same way as people put blood work on, on, on pages and go, is this all right, guy? It's because everyone goes, yeah, it's fine. Oh, great. I'll carry on. Then. Yeah. Because they don't want to face that, you know, that, no, actually, you're doing something that's hurting you and something that you can't keep doing. Yeah. And obviously, eventually, I was admitted to hospital with kidney failure. Mm. Um, my GGFR sits in the 20s now, and it's been surprisingly stable for a very long time. It's good. We need but to keep you around, it's not, Dave. It's not without effort. Um, I mean, the only thing I, I fuck up on is my weight. I, I need to get my weight down, and I just lack the motivation or desire to do it. But everything else regards kidney function, I'm, I'm really on the ball with. Your training was that con, man. No, I am training Zach. I'm not training with Zach. But you're there with him, and you're like, you know, blah, 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 just uh, pick up at the bar after he's done and be like, blah, blah, blah. You're, you know, you're just like that. That's all you got to do. <sighs> all right. Let's see what else we got here. I know you're not feeling good today, Dave, so we'll, we'll, we'll try to keep this one light. But we do have a lot of questions, too. Uh, what is the most effective supplements for joint health? I constantly deal with tennis elbow symptoms and shoulder pain from pressing. I got some stuff on this one, too. This has been my life, Dave. You stop. Okay. So before you look at supplements, uh, let's look at some mobility. You can look up a guy named Smashworks on YouTube. He's got some really good stuff. But but look for – this is for your shoulders, really, and for tennis elbow Look at look at your your mobility stuff for your shoulders because that's going to be a long term thing. I think I've heard a lot of guys get taken out of bodybuilding because of shoulder issues as we age. A tennis elbow that's something I think we all deal with. A lot of it is overuse of your grip, trying to hold on to something that you are not strong enough to hold on to. I'd say use straps. You can get you can find tennis elbow therapy. Everything that controls the hand is from the wrist to the elbow so if you can strengthen this and basically what happens is is that if you if you overuse if you over grip something that tension goes into the forearm then and that's where you start getting that tennis elbow but there are therapies you can do for simple exercises to strengthen your grip strengthen the forearm um and uh also like i said use straps don't over grip in the gym uh, one of the worst movements you can do is palm down like a like a, a front delt raise palm down with your arm in front of you. That's one of the worst movements for tennis elbow. So try to avoid the things that cause issues. And it's an inflammation. So when it is bothering you, you just got to get the inflammation down. Sometimes that means not training for a while. Sometimes indefinitely ice is your benefit. Uh, massage is your benefit. And then for connective tissue uh, health um collagen would be my number one thing i actually i i purchase and use uh two products from our sponsor true nutrition one is just straight up hydrolyzed beef collagen 30 grams a day and the other one is a product called jflex which contains undenatured collagen type 2 uc2 just like the movie uc2 um, those are the only things that will repair connective tissue. Your glucosamines, chondroitins, MSM, all the other stuff, um, that's going to more or less cushion the joint so that you don't feel as much pain, but it's not going to repair it. I didn't understand that until Dante Trudell broke it down to me, and then I started doing my own research. So that would be my, that's my spiel. 
The other thing would be to look at exercise form. Yeah. Exercise style. Are you actually creating the problems in the first place because of how you train? You definitely are, you know? Uh, and it's not, it's sometimes it's because of overuse, like you said, overgripping, things like that. Sometimes it's because of your style of doing a rep. It's too too explosive. There's too much tendon loading, too much joint loading. Mm. It may even be because you're not moving through a full range and you've got an extreme amount of muscle tightness. Yeah. So I'm going to use my visual prop now. Ooh. So this USB is your tendon and this elastic band is your muscle. Yes. So in a healthy muscle, the muscle extends and contracts, extends and contracts. But if you work through a shortened range, so you're half repper or even a two-third repper, what happens is the areas of the tendon muscle nearest the attachment like that day if I zoomed stop in. They stop moving. And so only the middle part of muscle is now contracting and extending but there's a lot of tension there that tension has to go somewhere it doesn't go into the end part which is now rock solid and doesn't move at all oh yeah it loads into the tendon so now all the stresses that are being generated in the muscle are being transferred into the tendon tendon gets worn tendon gets inflamed and you end up with tendonitis there you go i like that visual demonstration I was just sat at my desk thinking I need an elastic band to show muscle, and I found that. Oh, perfect. <laughs> Anything else you would add supplement-wise? No, I think you've covered it. I mean, the only other thing would, would potentially be like BPC. Oh, yeah. That'll get the inflammation down fast, for sure. or that'll help. I think that'd be um, a great one, honestly. The help with the repair. Yeah. And the other thing would be Fit C. Vitamin C, huh? Oh, yeah, yeah. It's, it's heavily involved in collagen synthesis. Yeah, and, and, and two, you know, when we're talking about um, what you're doing in the gym, I think you nailed something, Dave. If he continues to do the things that were causing the issue, then... Don't matter how many times it fixes it, yeah. It, exactly, exactly. All right, a couple more keep, here. If what? If you keep bumping the curb and getting a flat tire, every time <laughs> you, you, you're always going to get a flat tire when you bump that curb. So the way to fix it is stop bumping that curb. Yeah. Now, I'm not quite sure how to answer this one. He says, insulin in and of itself being bad for organ health. I think what he's saying is, does insulin in its own right have any direct impact on organ health? Yeah. Uh, see, I'm not a big fan of high-dose insulin. I'm not, I'm not a fan of the Milos approach, Milos or whatever you want to say. I've worked with Milos. I, I, I've been coached by Milos. I'm well aware of how he does things. Um... I don't agree with it. I tried it, didn't get anything from it. Then it basically ended up with problems rather than any solutions. Um, but I am a big fan of subtle, low dose, frequent use of things like insulin and growth hormone. Hmm. Uh, and timings would depend on what you were using them for. Now, if you're using insulin in that way, then there's going to be no real carryover impact on anything else. Yeah just for the simple reason that your doses are never going to be super high. So they're going to be complementary. But if you start doing Mylos shit like 100 IUs of slim post-workout and 60 IUs of slim pre-workout, then, yeah, you can start to see some problems developing from high insulin use. Um, it makes sense, man. Like anything, right? Moderation, I think. The yeah. Um, 
I think insulin growth hormone are the two most misunderstood drugs that we use. Um, and I mean, I think it was Cutler that didn't he once say something like the the dose of growth is as much as you can afford. He did, yeah. And I just think you know it's things like that that have have taken people down a route that just doesn't work. Yeah, you get huge amounts of intercellular water, intercellular glycogen. You're big, you're full of a house, but it ain't fucking tissue. Yeah. Now, if you earn your living from looking like that, then it's a viable approach. But if you don't, then it's not. Then it's more ego. You know what I mean? Yeah. I remember when Jordan did my loss. Um, and at the time, Jordan was the biggest he'd ever been in an off-season. And looking in the best condition he'd ever done for that weight. Yeah. Yeah, he stepped on stage having put 20 pounds more than he'd ever put on in an off-season with no real discernible change in his condition from the previous year, off-season. <laughs> he stepped on stage a pound lighter. Really? And he said it was the hardest prep he'd ever done. Damn. Because he was insulin resistance was so high. Oh yeah, I've I've seen that. I've dealt with it. It's it can be it can make it so hard to get in shape, and yeah. it doesn't look um, as good. Now, if if Jordan wanted to market um, a muscle mass free physique and wasn't interested in competing, yeah, then yeah, I can see great use of insulin and growth hormone at high doses. The same way Rich Piano used to do it. Yeah, Rich used to turn up at expos twenty thirty pound bigger than he was through an insulin protocol. He's talked about it several times on videos. Uh, when it earns you a, a, an income, yeah, there's an argument there. But if you're just wanting to improve your physique and grow real muscle, then it is much more down to small doses frequently used. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense to me, man. Hey, listen, I got, we like I said, we're not going to be able to list, get to all the questions here today. But I did have one question of my own that I wanted to pose to you because we are recording this leading into New Year's Eve. Uh, this will come out right after New Year's Day. I wanted to ask you, um, what is, it's a two-part question. Part one is, what is one thing that you are really grateful for about 2021? And then part two is, what is one thing that you want to set out to achieve in 2022? And I didn't ask him this before the show. I've given him zero, guys, I've given him zero no, preparation no. for this. I'll do the next year thing because that's easy. Okay. Because, I mean, I know the new year, new me bullshit and all that crap. But at the end of the day, this time of year, we get time off work. We do get chance to sit, reflect, and, and plan. Yeah. So I've got two new businesses that I'm launching, which I'm not telling you, um, which I've been working on for the last six months. Mm. Is it, can I guess? You can guess. Does it the have to I'm do with... You because I don't want my name associated with them, and that's not for anything bad. I just want them to be completely independent, and so that's for future. I think that you should do some type of an Uber Eats thing with Eval, where if you okay. get blood work done, uh, people can get like a pizza delivered at the same time. Because yeah. they're going to be hungry if they fasted, you yeah. know? Fuck off, prick. I think it's a good uh, idea. It's a good idea. So... It's a very, I have a, a three-year plan ongoing at the moment. And in three years' time, I'm wanting to really, not quite retire, but I really am going to take a huge step back. So Eval's very much me and our last, and Crossland's is obviously me. 
So the new two, two new businesses are not involving me in that sense. They're not evolved around me. Hmm. So they can, they can run independent of me or I can sell them quite comfortably without there being any negative impact on them because they're not based around me. I like so that idea. The for the um, eval wise, we've got quite a few sites now. So what we want to do more than anything is develop those sites. Yeah. So we want to get Bradford busy. We want to get London busy. We want to get the lakes busy. We want to get Glasgow busy. And then there are two new sites we're considering. One is Liverpool and one is Ireland. Oh, wow. Uh, but they will be three, four months down the line. So eval again is to develop it, bring more staff in, get the staff doing the roles a bit more so that it's less hands on for us. Um, so that's, that's the sort of business plans for 22. Personally, I know I need to get in better shape. I know I need to get fitter and I know I need to take some time in doing that. So, uh, I've known that for years uh, and I, I keep having these starts and then it doesn't happen again. And, I'll probably do the same again. Who knows? But one day I might actually stick to it. So nothing dramatic, nothing like I'm going to stand on stage in two years' time or anything stupid like that. But uh, <laughs> I am, I am going to try and make a little bit more effort in trying to get my fitness up a bit better. Uh, what am I thankful for for 2021? I suppose still being alive would be one of them. Yeah, it's been a freaking year, hasn't it? Well, I remember I started the year with pneumonia bilateral blood clots on both lungs and and then COVID all back to back. That yeah. was the start of my 2021. I thought we, <laughs> I thought we were going to lose you there for a minute, man. It, that was, that was a little, it was, was sketchy. Was yeah. Um, but I, I'm thankful for so many things. Uh, I'm thankful I can do what I do. Yeah. Uh, I'm thankful that I actually have a job and a role that helps. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I, I have a decent living, but it, it pales into significance in comparison to actually being able to help people and make a difference. And that sounds really corny and really tacky, and I get all that, and I understand that. But it, it generally is a good feeling, you know, to, to be able to be positive and, and do something positive. I agree. Yeah, I'm a miserable twat. Yeah, I'm a grumpy git, and I always will be. That's just my nature. It's not, not going to change overnight. You get used to it. Um, what else am I thankful for? I'm thankful for my family. I'm thankful for my wife. Uh, my wife's my rock. She puts up with huge amounts. Um, and I don't, I don't know why she does, but she does. And, and I'm pleased she does. Uh, You're lucky she but, does. Know, There's nobody else. There's nobody else who would put up with your shit, Dave. Let's face I, it. I am very, very happy. Um, I know it doesn't always come across, but. I mean, she said, "What did I want for Christmas?" I couldn't. I couldn't give her a list. I couldn't tell her anything. Yeah. I don't want anything. I don't need anything. Did I'm you get really, anything? Really, really happy. Did I fuck? Piss off. Why don't I get you something? I can't stand you. No, I said, did you get anything? Oh, sorry. <laughs> uh, <laughs> basically, I got socks, underwear, jeans, t-shirts. Oh, and I got a really expensive coffee mug, which I'll show you next week. Okay. Um, but. Not anything particularly amazing, but then I didn't want anything amazing. You know, yeah. I just wanted some. So I'm thankful for a lot of things, and that, that's a difficult one. Um, I'm, I'm, oh, yeah. Uh, have I told you about my appointment as chairman? 
uh, I think you did, yeah, a couple last episode. Last uh, week, I couldn't remember. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And what's that for again? Uh, a public expert advisory board. Yeah, that's cool. That's cool. They'll be yeah. they'll be lucky. They'll be lucky to have your perspective. I've, did I tell you that both me and Maya Underwood have been asked to write a chapter for a academic steroid book? No, you didn't. No, yeah, that's happened as well. We need to get her back on the show, man. She's awesome. No, it's just timing. Oh, it's timing <laughs> with uh, with Australia, she, you know. Well, she lives in upside down land, doesn't she? Yeah, yeah. Also, but, you know, uh, you can be thankful for the uh, it's one year since Christmas cabbage came into your life. I know you don't have them today, but I'll bring them up here on the screen so that everybody can appreciate Christmas cabbage. Who thought he was going to become so popular? Yes, yes. <coughs> well, I'm glad to hear that, Dave. Like I said, I wanted to throw that question at you last minute here. Uh, I, I would say I'm grateful for my health and for my life as well, man. It was, uh, it was a rough year for both of us. I think I came closest to dying. I possibly... Yeah, there's a couple times things have been touch and go in my life, but this one this year was right up there. So I'm I'm super grateful for that and grateful to have the people around me that I do, man. And that even includes you, I guess. So I no, oh, thank you. You, well, you better be grateful. You, you better be grateful. Victoria said yes because yes, that's that's the you know the biggest one, man. That's uh, that was. I'll tell you the truth, man. The best Christmas gift I could ever have. In fact the best gift I've ever had in my life was to see the look on her face when I, when I proposed like her level of excitement and how happy she was, was like, I have never experienced the pleasure of giving a gift at that level before. Like it was, it was a, a new brand new thing, you know, to think that I'm in my forties and I could have a brand new experience in my life. That's pretty special. She, you, you do realize that the drugs will eventually wear off. <laughs> yes, yes. Uh, speaking of which, how's the melatonin working? Uh, I think she's all right with it. Um, yeah, the wife's using it. She's, she's yeah, okay. Dave illegally had me send melatonin to his country, which uh, they are not allowed to have there. It's a prohibited banned substance. Uh, no, it's not no, really. It's not. You guys just don't carry it, no. which is weird as hell to me. Yes. You get it at the drugstore here. A, it's what's known as a gray import. Huh. Well, I did some gray importing with Dave. <laughs> so you can buy it, you can ship it in, you just can't retail it. Okay. Is that like steroids? <sighs> Not far off. Yeah, yeah. It sounds like it. No, you, you, you can't ship steroids in. Steroids are oh. to be Didn't that just in. change recently in the last few years? 2012. Oh, I guess it's been a little while. All right. Well, listen, guys, we appreciate you spending the year with us. I uh, appreciate like all the feedback you guys have given us because it literally is you guys that, that make the show. You know, Dave and I could sit here and chat and it would be fun, but you guys really make this thing what it is. So we appreciate you guys hanging out. And Dave would want to talk to me anyway. Dave would love to spend hours, just hours and hours, just talking with me all day long. Uh, but uh, it's because of you guys that you guys make this thing what it is. This is the shittiest part of my week, so you guys make it tolerable. For another episode of Drugs and Stuff with Dave Crossland, check out eval. You can go to crosslands.org.uk to reach out to Dave for some coaching. You can reach out to me, McNallyDiets at gmail.com, and check out our awesome sponsors, truenutrition.com and supplementsource.ca. Guys, 
We'll see you later in 2022. It already is 2022 when this comes out.